Welcome to episode 137 of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Simon, pale Robbie on the boards. Joining me today is the last Jedi, Derek Heemsbergen. That is not at all how I would represent myself, but that's okay. I was going to go with the uh, Derek, the last Emperor of Avalon, Heemsbergen, because I'm playing Romancing Saga 2. And that's ah. Also, I, I, I did see Last Jedi last night. I think it's just you and me who've seen it so far on this show, right? Yeah, we'll be quiet. We're not going to go of into course. spoiler territory. You know, yeah. I, I no, 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 no. I still haven't gotten any feedback on our uh, spoiler-filled episode of Danganronpa V3. So I got, I had a couple of tweets. Uh, oh, cool. That people tweeted directly at me saying that they liked the episode. So I think it's probably worth doing again in the future. Oh yeah, somebody asked me to do uh, Near Automata spoiler cast. Oh god, I need to. Pl- I need mm. to play more of that. I I yeah. started it. I started it, and I just. I think Derek, you need to like put your hand on my back and push me forward through that game oh, a little bit. Okay. I, well, I'll I just give you, I'll give you a like a continuous shoulder massage throughout the entirety Ooh. of ending B. Ooh, that would be nice. I, no, I just I, <laughs> I I think the problem is I bought Near Automata at the same time I bought uh, Bayonetta on PC, which was a really smart decision. Now that it's coming out on Switch, way to go, Rob. Uh, mm-hmm. And like playing a little bit of Bayonetta and then going back to Near, I'm like, wow, Near is really basic compared to Bayonetta. Like, ee, I. I don't know. Maybe there's some depth in that combat system I'm not seeing, but like 10 hours in, I'm really bored. Of I mean, it. are you using just one weapon? Uh, no, I'm trying to mix and match a little bit, but like the, there there aren't a whole lot of combos, and it's kind of just like, you know, rub your face up against the enemies until yeah. they die. Like I kind of agree. I do think that there's like... <laughs> I think Nier is more repetitive than Bayonetta, but sort of like, I don't know, Bayonetta is a pure action game, and yeah. Nier has RPG elements, so maybe they tried to... to you know, have you pay more attention to your stats? But I don't know. It's still good. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, amazing, I'm, actually. It's one of my top five games of the year. So. I, I'm on vacation, so I, I think, uh, and we're going to get to it in news when we're talking about Xenoblade a little bit. I'm taking a little break from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and I think that that'll give me a chance to maybe wrap hey, up in here if I. And uh, they, they just announced, uh, did you see this, that they're patching it next yes, week? Yes, we're going to. Okay, okay, fine. That's, that's part of the conversation with the Xenoblades. Okay, okay. Okay, let me, like, let me get everybody else inside. <laughs> Uh, we also have uh, Caitlin, who is the driver to my blade, Argyros. Huh? Does that mean I get to tell you what to do? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. That, that's <laughs> I'd like to see you try. <laughs> Whatever. No, I'm, I'm just the blade, like, off in the corner drinking a scotch, just like, I don't feel like it. Uh, you sort it out yourself. Seems fair. Uh, yeah. Yes, I am here. Lean Kazero on the boards, and uh, I've been playing a lot of Xenoblade. Whoop, whoop. It's good. We're going to talk about it. We are going to talk about it, because I, I have thoughts. They are somewhat good. They are somewhat bad. That is a strange game, though. We are going to talk about it. Uh, and then we also have Nathan. I don't have anything for you in terms of nicknames, so let's just go with uh, uh, Snuffleupagus is above my desk. So uh, Nathan Snuffleupagus Lee. Oh, hello, man. <laughs> you could I'm, do the, I'm slashing him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could do, like, Nathan... Well, I always think of Hyperdimension Neptunia when I see your avatar, which is like 
a shame for me because I respect you as a person, um, but I don't like hyperdimension <laughs> Neptunia. Wow. <laughs> so, oh boy. We're, we're wild here in Random Encounter. What can I say? Yeah, I was going to take a little sip of my coffee. Uh, okay, so the big game we got to talk about is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It is uh, out. I still can't believe it's out. Um, came out on December 2nd for Switch? First. First. first? Okay, already off to a great start. Um, wow, this is a weird game. I have I have gone through like so many different emotions with this game. I have gone from like abject hatred on a level that is like uncompromising to holy crap, this is super enjoyable and you know, going back and forth on the story, I'm like, wow, I can't stand this anime moe crap to whoa, there's some interesting stuff going on here. This is a strange goddamn game. I would like, agree. Like, whoa! Like, uh, so, it, it is... I, I, I even I paused to ask this question, because I'm only at the end of Chapter 3, beginning of Chapter 4. Is this a direct sequel to Xenoblade Chronicles 1, or is that already, like, stirring um, up too much? I no, think an answer to that unless, question is a spoiler. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, no, that's fair. I would say no, unless, yeah, there's some reason really late in the game, so... Okay. I, I, my, my lips are sealed, but the fact that's that fun. I'm saying it's a spoiler should tell you something. Uh, hmm. <laughs> they they kind of dropped the, uh, the the mechs and the, the focus on lots and lots of MMO stuff in Xenoblade Chronicles X, which I didn't play. Uh, and so Xenoblade Chronicles 2, in a lot of ways, is a real hmm. return to Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii. You have a, a party uh, of zany characters, and they're all yelling at each other in combat. Uh, you're upgrading lots and lots of different stats. You're going on quests. You're on giant titans that act as your continents. Uh, I kind of want to get everybody's gauge for this game from, like, the opening hours to like, I, 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 I'm not being an ass when I say this, I promise, but from the opening hours to when it really all starts clicking, like, I, I don't want to say when it gets good, but when yeah. like everything really begins to open up and you start to see all the different systems at play, like, what did you guys think with the first couple hours with this game? Cause I was in the, I don't know about all this, but then it did win me over. Hmm. Well, my um, dirty little secret is that I had actually been playing the game uh, when we recorded the last episode. I already had it for uh, review. Um, I'm reviewing it over at uh, my other outlet, uh, CGM. And so, yeah, I think that, um, I mean, I'm no stranger to slow starts in RPGs, and I don't really mind the sort of slow start that's all uh, gradual world-building type stuff. Like, yeah, you only have one character for a little bit, and we're going to like tell you a lot about the world. And all that's fine, and I think Xenoblade Chronicles 2 did that, so I didn't really have a problem with everything going up till the end of chapter. I mean, I thought chapter 1 was slow-paced, but fine. Um, and I think the end of chapter 1 is the first time that you really uh, sit back and are like, whoa, okay, so this cutscene direction, when there when there's a cutscene that has like fighting and uh, choreo- choreographed action, it, it's awesome. It's yeah, so well done. Yeah. Totally. And I felt like that the quality of that cutscene at the end of chapter one was on par with something you would see in the, you know, like later third act of another game. Like it was a pretty, you know, I hate to use the word, but it was like an epic showdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really appreciated that, how they established sort of like, um, I guess what we can expect in terms of fight direction and like the stakes in the story and all that. So I was okay with that. Yeah. But I would say, I mean, I want to give everybody else a chance to talk about it, but I will say, I think I didn't even really understand a lot of the battle system until chapter three or so, maybe like 
like late chapter three, early chapter four was when I was finally like, oh, okay. Because I didn't realize that for one, the the combos that you do with driver arts. So, you know, maybe they did explain it, but the tutorials are brief and you can never access them again. Um, so maybe they, they said, but I didn't realize that you had to do like at first, you know, you got to do a tier one art and then a tier two and then a tier three to be able to like link them in a combo. And that little flow chart in the that. top right. Yeah, they explained that. Actually, okay. multiple times. Well, damn. Okay. Sorry. I guess no, I'm just no, dumb. I, I, I'm with Derek. I, I wasn't sure when you start using multiple characters. Like, I got the one, two, three system, but I wasn't sure, like, when the different characters would come in on the sides of the screen. Yeah, like, I think that's what confused me because they would show the, the name of the attack. Or, or not, right. the, not even the name of the attack. They would show like the name of the combo that you could go into them, but like there wouldn't there wouldn't be an icon. So I guess to me that was indicating like for some reason I should be able to do this, but I can't. But it's just because they didn't have the necessary like mm-hmm. charge. It makes okay. sense once you know how yeah. it's working. It does. Um, the, the thing that I will, I, I am going to be a little forceful on this. Nobody's going to tell me that this game explains itself well. Like this game does not explain itself well. It's fine that it does like brief little tutorials in the middle beginning of battles, which I think is a very bad way of explaining yourself. That's fine, but then to not have an appendix in the game, except you have to go to a uh, a shop in certain towns and buy those pieces of the appendix, maybe that to me is just asinine. Like, and it I had to pour over message boards to figure out how this thing works. That said, once you know how it works, it works fine. And it makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think the game does a very good job of explaining itself at yeah. all in that respect. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the game, there's way too much information overload where they basically just say, here's all the things you have to do and then expect you to remember everything. And you'll go, you'll, you'll do a, just real quick and I'll let people jump back in, but they'll tell you as a teacher, I'm not going to ask a student a momentum problem and then wait a week and then ask them that momentum problem again. Like, they'll have you do something in this game, and then you'll go for maybe like an hour of cutscenes, or you'll explore a little bit, and then you're right back into combat, and the game expects you to remember what you just did. And so, like, the first boss in the first town, she roughed me up over and over again because I was like, I don't know how to play this just yet, and you're expecting me to figure it out. Again, once I figured it out, cool. But that was that was a very rough start. I'll, I'll let other people jump in, but I I just... I wanted to throw that down a little bit. I think the the opening hours in this game, in terms of explanation, were severely lacking. See, I just I don't know. Um, I it it clicked with me very early on. Like it, I understood what I was doing when they first when when Nia first joins the party and they they tutorial combos for you. I think the only thing that they didn't do a good job explaining was to tell what level of special your party members have available. You have to look at the uh, rotating little orbs around their portraits to tell what level it is. Oh my god! That's they never that, they never explain that, that. Yeah. Oh my god! Um, oh so my god! I'm, just, I'm 20 hours into the game and I just realized. That. <laughs> I, I was just always waiting for the button prompt to pop up. Yes. Oh my god! Wow. Well, you can you can do that too. If the button yeah, prompt isn't yeah. there, it's because they don't don't have the right level for yeah. it. But like okay, they don't gotcha. ever tell you the number of orbs is the level special they're on, and that that is bad. They should have explained that. But like. Okay. I I understood the concept behind blade combos. The issue was that, you know, in the in the when the earlier part of the game, you just you don't have the the elements to extend the combo. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's So yeah. and but that's intentional. It's so that you start getting used to the idea of pulling off combos and then eventually once you can resonate with cores, then you can 
pull the elements necessary. And then once you're able to actually do a full blade combo, it starts to to pull in. But I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I just, it, it, it clicked with me. And maybe that's just, it's a thing that if it clicks with you, that's sure. great. If it doesn't, then it can be frustrating that the game doesn't give you enough uh, resources to help you learn its systems. And I will say yeah. that there is no reason why they couldn't patch in a tutorial menu. They, yeah, added, really in, they added in the, the cutscene viewer that wasn't in the original game that was patched in the day one patch. And that's a whole menu with its own background and, and interface. There's no reason why they couldn't add in a tutorial menu into the main menu somewhere uh, sure. to people rewatch tutorials or whatnot. So, and I mean, if you buy the expansion pass, you get an extra icon in the main menu or like the you know status menu uh, to the far right that just says expansion pass, which is how you will access. Like right now, it's just how you access some of the um, items, but later I imagine it will take you into other things. So. <clears throat> I don't think the tutorial would go under expansion pass, but I'm just saying like there's precedent. They added a menu option already so yeah um i think like if i i don't want to just focus on complaints necessarily because i think that the battle system is um it's fun i i still i stand by my statement that it is slow it feels slow to me even now um but the because you're paying more attention like the most important thing this is almost like final fantasy 13 and where you're like higher level managing because you want to pay more attention to what your party members are doing and be able to set up uh blade combos, then you really should be caring about like how fast your attacks are swinging necessarily. I mean, that's important. That's an element of it. But um, I, I, I still think that like you move too slow. And yeah, when Infinity goes up, you start to move a little bit faster. But I just kind of want to move faster. I don't, I don't know why I shouldn't be able to. It's a slow mm. ramp up where like every battle, like if you get into a battle with multiple enemies, it's kind of funny. Taking out that first enemy always seems to take the longest because you're ramping up. You're starting to get into the groove. You're starting to develop into your blade arts and you can start doing your combos. Once that first enemy melts, it's like the rest of the combat is over real fast. Like, yeah. like you are now like a machine you are hitting super hard can we just give a special shout out to the announcer in this game which is like the best goddamn thing of the year like i turned all the the voices off so the first time you deal with the empire and like they just say don't forget about me don't forget about me don't forget about oh yeah I, that did I, happen I, it hasn't been that bad since like yeah. i just turned off all of the vocals of everybody in battle and so i just have the announcer and i feel like that's the way to play the game is just listen to the announcer all day every day it, it that announcer is so goddamn good it's yeah. like it's like the reason i love unreal tournament um but but for me it was also the the opening hours i kept wanting the game to kind of like unshackle me they get you to like the the first huge area which oh my god like just so gorgeous and amazing and it's just rex and like if you try to get into fights you're gonna die and and the game kind of tells you that but i was still like oh it's gonna be like in the original xenoblade where i can move around a little bit nope like we still need you to get through like three or four more hours of story buddy before we let you kind of like go exploring a little bit and that was deeply frustrating for me. And I, I, I could definitely argue user error. Like, that is partly my fault. I should have just gone down the direct path. But when you show me this big, giant field and say, you can explore this, I'm going to do the exploration thing. And there there are monsters in that first area that you just get obliterated over and over again. And I, I think the game has a nasty habit, especially with flying enemies, of having those little bastards just join a fight out of nowhere. 
and like you, you've got everything under control and then a giant like level 30 flying creature comes in and wipes you out that was very frustrating at the beginning of the game i feel much better about it now but i think all of these things made the first the first few hours of this experience just really really rough and there there's no saying that they can't go back and smooth things over in a lot of ways i think this game is very similar to to skyrim or to the witcher 3 which had some serious quality of life issues at the beginning of the game and they've already talked about going in and reworking these things and i think that's a really really good sign because if they can smooth over those edges in the beginning i i think people will latch onto this game a lot faster than than we all necessarily did i mean 15 yeah, hours yourself. well that's fine that's fine but like 15 <laughs> hours is when i finally started to feel good about this game mm. and i i came close to just selling yeah, first it. impressions are important so yeah i i can't i i've spent you know 12 i i beat resident evil 7 in nine hours like i had a full amazing experience with the game in nine hours it took me 15 to appreciate xenoblade and this from the guy who fell asleep playing final fantasy 13 and no matter how many times people tell me that game got good i couldn't push through that i I just couldn't there was nothing there to drive me forward i mean yeah that's if you didn't enjoy it it's okay i don't think that xenoblade 2 is perfect i think we we seem to have a pretty uh wide gamut of overall feelings i'm still feeling positive on Mm -hmm. it even you know, I'm in chapter seven, I think towards the end of chapter seven, 70 something hours in the clock, and I'm still liking the game. Um, I just find that it's uh, unlike the original Xenoblade, I find that there are longer stretches where I'm just like, okay, when's the next major plot point? Like, come on. And and I'm not, I'm ex- still ex- uh, enjoying the exploration and um, like powering up your characters has a lot of layers. So there's, uh, it seems like there's something to focus on at any given time. I don't like the sort of restricted art palette to just have three things available per weapon, but you do have three blades. So each blade has three different attacks plus their um, driver arts. And there's enough to juggle that I wouldn't want this game to implement like, you know, the Xenoblade one palette of like 10 arts or however many you had. So that that's fine. It just feels like, um, like if I play Rex for, you know, hours and hours and hours, I get really bored because it's like, I get rather I don't get bored. I get bored of using his arts only. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. ah, I did double spinning edge again. Okay, mm-hmm. and here we go with a rolling slash. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so here's an anchor <laughs> shot. Let's topple it. Yeah. So it sort of feels like battles are playing out the same way um, due to the sort of like kind of constrained individual characters tool set. And I, oh, I do wish there was a an easier way to switch characters um, than to go into the menu and like manually you know do that in between battles because you can't do it in battle. That's fine. That's whatever. That's the way they want to design it. But it does feel like it's a little a bit of a pain to do that. I mean, did um, you oh, feel that way about the original Sonic Blade, though? Yeah, I wished I could have been able to change characters in that, too. But, I mean, that's okay. I don't really hold bad against the game so much. But um, music is phenomenal. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, music is so awesome. good. <laughs> yeah. Like, whew. Yeah, thoroughly enjoying that soundtrack. Um, it's... It's one of those games where I just leave it on in idle on my TV to hear some of the music pumping through. <laughs> That's and I'm how you sure got to 70 hours. That's how you got to 70 hours. Maybe a little. No, I mean, I'm pretty far. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think Jeremy appreciates my boyfriend. He's probably like, okay, enough. But he says he likes it too. So. See, <laughs> now I actually like the way they've implemented the the art palette in this game. Like, I like the fact that the weapon points that you accumulate per weapon type is shared among blades and so you're not you're not leveling like up yeah. uh the, the the driver arts for each blade individually it's that like if you have um, the healer one of the healer types in the game uses basically a soccer ball that you are like throwing it's called a bit ball or whatever 
that you throw at enemies and Deadshot. you know i oh. have i have one rare blade named florin and then i have another rare blade named boreas they both use this weapon and when i upgrade the arts for that weapon type it's shared among both of them which is really nice kind of almost like a tactics ogre like system where you're leveling up a class mm-hmm. instead of individual people and considering the amount of weapons i haven't even unlocked all the weapon types yet and the amount of different blades that's that could have been a nightmare if you were leveling up individual blades it would have made it feel like you had to use them exclusively in order to really power up your art so that was a really good decision i think yeah and then especially so i really appreciate that i agree and the fact that later on when you get the mercenary missions which are sort of like you know uh, ventures in Final Fantasy fourteen or whatever the real time things where you send your extra blades out they can they can level up and get their affinity stuff unlocked just through that, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing because um due to the nature of the blade system, if you're pon- constantly using cores to pop new blades then you're going to get a lot of common ones and so it's sort of like a what do I do with those and b I, I have so many blades. What if I get a new one that I want to level up, but I don't want to like start back at scratch again? Oh, just send it on a couple of Merc missions and they'll probably catch up pretty close to where you are. So I like that. Did yeah, any, I, have you gotten that far yet, Rob? So uh, I, I've gotten, to, I haven't unlocked the Merc missions yet. I'll be honest. I, I have zero desire to screw around with the, the uh, cores that you can unlock. That's just a system that I'm not interested in. I've unlocked like five or six and I got one rare, a uh, little Moogle green thingy. And I was just like, okay, that's fine. It, it, it's a system that I'm not really wanting to dive into. It's not that I'm I'm necessarily upset that it's there, but it I, I'm having enough fun as I am right now playing the game that I don't feel the need to really invest mm-hmm. in that. Everybody I, tells I me I'm you'll screwed. have to. You're going yeah, to yeah. You're gonna really limit your battle options if you don't unlock more blades. That might end up turning me off to the game because yeah. I, I have a hard time with uh, the randomness of the, the rare oh, blades. Oh, me too. Well, I, actually, like, I don't like I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think that... They could have maybe tweaked the, the 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 rarity chances with the different types of cores. Like it is kind of stupid that you get a common from a rare core, but I've gotten I've gotten more rare blades from common cores than I have, but than I actually have rare cores. And I have like ten rare blades now that I've gotten from that are not tied to quests that are you, you get purely from the gacha mechanics. So I, I just I don't wish know. this was I wish this was a Shin Megami Tensei system. Like, I, I don't, it, this seems like a real, like, I, I like demon fusing and that might have turned me on to this game a little bit more. It would incentivize you to do different things. I, I don't know. They, it, it seems like they went down one path that I'm like, okay, I'm not really interested in a slot machine. I, I would have rather yeah. like combine the, now that you have a new level, you can make a new type of blade a la Shin Megami Tensei. I've heard some people discussing saying like, well, I wonder if maybe they had the, this, like an actual gotcha system in place where you pay real money or whatever. And then they sort of had to scrap it later in development because they were like, Oh, that's not going to turn out well. So we're left with the vestiges of an actual paid gotcha system, but with all in-game items instead of currency. So like, I don't know. It seems like the entire system is nothing more than an attempt to appeal to that popular mechanic without really worrying about, without being concerned about whether it's like well implemented in this game with the way it's structured. I don't know. I like the idea of having rare blades. I just sort of wish each one was obtained via a side quest rather than this. 
Yeah, it, it kind of sucks that like, you have to play the gacha system just to be able to have the chance to get a rare blade. Nice to yeah have the quest so you can potentially get one. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the reason I've decided to take a break from this game is they are apparently going to patch the map system, which uh, I, I believe I got so frustrated with it at one point I called it a war crime because I could yeah. not. Yep, the, thank God. The, the map system in this game is, is wow. Like it might as well be non-existent. Like holy crap! Really. Uh, Caitlin, it's it's an abomination. No, it's not. You are exaggerating. No, I'm sorry. If you haven't been to a certain map spot and the compass is telling you to go somewhere, it is a giant guessing game where you where you need to go. Oh, the I'm sorry. That... You have to actually run around the giant Caitlin, world next no, door. No, I'm sorry. Yes, you yes. You can spend a lot about this game, but when when you have environments this complicated and the game is not telling you where to go, that can be a giant frustration. It can please, be. So, but please, did you it's... play Witcher Three without the breadcrumb trail? Uh, yes. So you turned off all the map markers in Witcher 3 and you enjoyed If you that. mean I turned off pathfinding telling me where to go, yes. That had roads. Roads work. This game is, this game you're, you're crawling all over giant beasts, which is cool. But like, the, so, I, I don't, mean, yeah, but like, you know, the original didn't have pathfinding like that either and it worked just fine. Also, the also maps. not nearly as complicated. The maps also revealed as you explored instead of giving you the entire map once you reach a certain area, which is what this game does. So I don't quite see the problem. I mean, it's, it's fine if you want to say. If, you, it's if fine they're if fixing you it, that means that it's broken. Rob. Rob. No, it just means that people have issues with it and they want to <laughs> tweak it. Like you. I mean, I get what you're saying. You don't like it. It's frustrating for you. I don't think it's broken because other people are able to work with it just fine. And I will agree that the minimap and the overlay map need to be tweaked. Uh, the overlay map is just too tightly focused on you and needs to be further back. Or you need to have some way of, of like you know zooming and zooming out. But the the area map that you get to either through skip travel or pressing X is perfectly serviceable. It gives you more information, frankly, about the area than the original Xenoblade did. So, I mean, if your argument is that, oh, I don't like the fact that I have to push extra buttons to get to the map, they're patching that. They're fixing that. But, like, That's I don't see how having to push a couple extra buttons to get to where you are equals broken. It just equals frustrating and maybe you don't like the extra time spent and that's a matter of personal opinion that's not going to be equal for every person playing this game i mean yeah i I could agree with that i think for me the i mean i'm with rob pretty much overall on the on the critique of the map system my biggest complaint about it is that when i press that x button to skip travel i want it to take me to the map i'm on which and they, they are, gonna add. They are right gonna exactly. Add. So I so I want to. I just want to be able to see my immediate surroundings. Like I want a button that will show me an area map. And actually, I would be okay with it if they did the whole like reveal by pieces thing. Um, as you get closer into more areas, like you know, it'd be invisible, and then as soon as you approach a chunk, then it would reveal. I'd be totally cool with that. I just want to have a button where I can like see. Oh, I'm right here on this big piece of the map, and like I was heading northwest. So at least now I've got my bearings. I find it frustrating when it's like, oh, I'm in Torigoth, and where do I want to be in Gormit? Is it in the upper right? Is it in the upper yeah. left? Which floor yeah. of the upper left is it on? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. when I sort of. I didn't even realize that when you scroll through the different waypoints, it will take you to different floors. You cannot look at the individual floors unless you scroll through the waypoint system. You can't. 
like like when I realized that, I was like, that's that's nuts. Well, no, but Absolutely. once you're on the map for an area, you can use the right stick to move the cursor around. You don't you aren't limited mm-hmm. to just that's how you can hover over things. In fact, the map gives you information like where you have the field icons. Once you've discovered one, the map, when you go to that and you hover over it, it will tell you what the requirements are and if you've met them with your current blade well, setup, which is incredibly thing. useful. So, okay, I, yeah. I like that, but why doesn't the game tell me where certain shops are in towns? Because it doesn't, I mean, like, they're all clustered in one area. Why would you need to, like, I'm not sure I understand that critique. Because every other modern map system has that. Why doesn't this game have it? <sighs> well, I mean, like, I, I'm returning to this thing of, like, you just... You don't like it, and that's fine. It's your opinion. I think they'll continue to work on it because yes. it, it, it has the, – the biggest thing – I can deal with almost all of that. What gets me is what Derek pointed out, which is if you have not gotten to a specific chunk, if once you get to a chunk, the entire map of that chunk reveals itself. If there is a quest, if there's a piece of a quest inside of that chunk that you haven't been to, you are relying on the compass to kind of gently lead you to that direction, and the environments are so complicated, you might not run into it. And you could end up going down a path that does not lead you to the chunk that you need to get to. That can be deeply, deeply frustrating. And it's also bad that you can't, you have to hover over each individual part in the map. They don't tell you like, oh, this is where the quest is going to be. It's going to be in the upper right of Toragoth. Well, no, I have to scroll through each individual pieces of the map and try to locate the quest marker and then figure out how to get there. Okay, well, then they add a function to the quest. Sure, they're going to fix it. Let's you see bad. it on map. Yeah. They're going to fix it because it's bad. And that's okay. Uh, uh, no. That, I then just... they... Okay, they're going to fix it. They're going to keep fixing but it. But how about that soundtrack, though? I love the soundtrack. <laughs> I love the soundtrack. I do. I do. Yeah. I just... You know, the, there are things about the UI in this game that are inelegant that they could easily fix, and it is a good sign that they already have a patch coming out. Um, yeah, they said and, they're going to keep doing it, too. This yeah, I mean, Witcher, Witcher 3 had serious issues with its UI when it came out, and they added tons of stuff to it, and it was brilliant that they did that. It just made me kind of put the game on the shelf for a little bit, because I'm like, well, this is something that's genuinely bothering the crap out of me. Yeah, that's and, true. I'm just that's kind of how I've been over the last couple like, of days. Like I haven't really wanted time. to play it because I know that a patch is coming next week. But because um, I, I would hate to be in like, you know, I don't know how many chapters the game has, but I would hate to be in like ten. chapter nine of 10. Okay. And have it be like, yeah. oh, okay. Now, now the patch is there. It's like, damn it. That's how I felt about Witcher 3 was yeah. like I had pretty much finished up the game. And then they were like, well, here's all this new stuff. And I was like, well, damn, I kind of wish I had waited a little bit. Like, I kind of <laughs> yeah. forced myself to play. That's kind of the status quo. Well, cool luckily, though. Witcher 3 had giant expansions that you could take advantage of that in. True. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That and we have no idea like... what the scale of the story content that they're going to be adding. Right. In passes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's coming sometime next year. So uh, I'd be really excited to see if that meant that we get to go to a new Titan. Here's a, oh, oh my God. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Here's my question is that uh, since they, they said in the expansion pass, one of the things is a new rare blade. They only say one, a new rare blade. So I feel like if it's going to be just one. Shulk. Yeah, right. I feel like it's, it's got to be totally like a cameo thing. It has no, it's going to be Ryan. It's going to be Ryan. Now it's, it's Ryan's time. Nice. Or it could be like, maybe it could be Manus. Could it be Manus, please? Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that'd be mm. really cool. So yeah. one thing we haven't talked about um, is, is the game's moe mm. which 
I think is in direct conflict with like at the end of chapter three, there were story revelations. I was like, holy crap, this is, this is the Xeno game I'm interested in. But like, I had to deal with a lot of made bullshit to get there and Pyra's boobies. And like, this is not a game I want people watching me play. Sometimes you notice how Pyra is just always in view. So you can always see her thong. You kind of notice that. Like, okay. So I'm with you up until the, like, I don't want people to see me playing this because, like, I don't give a shit, basically. Yeah. Well, what I want to play. But, I, I'm around but, students, but that being it's a little said, different for me. Okay, well, that's your fault. That's yeah, your problem. It is. <laughs> so, but, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with, with what you're saying about the content, though, because I'm the same way. I just don't, like, I don't, why is it necessary? Like, the, yeah. there, the fact that there was that one sub-event, I think it's a heart-to-heart where it's, like, Pyra wants to learn how to be more maidly yeah. and demure it's like are you yeah. kidding me like she's yeah, supposed to be the most powerful blade in the world and yet she's talking about like how do i become a demure servant to rex like this is stupid it's so thematically inconsistent and it's only there to titillate and be like i mean if things titillate the I don't know, you know, whatever. You watch can titillate. Porn. That, that's, watch well, that, porn. That, I'm done. That's, it's very much the, I, I feel about this game the way I do about Dragon's Crown, which is like the overall art design is pretty, like I think Pyra's beautiful in terms of art design. And then you get down to like her, her giant, her giant knockers and her booty shorts. And I'm like, well, that's mildly unnecessary. And maybe I could get over that. And then we start, you know, doing the whole maid thing. All right, I guess we're going to, but every other character in the game looks totally normal. Like every other, like the well, the, the some of the blades, but a lot. Well, oh god, Bridget is pretty uh, pussy too. But like the NPCs <laughs> in the game look like MMO NPCs. Like they look like nondescript, like somewhat realistic, like kind of toned down in design. Yeah, a little and more grounded. Then, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Rex is w- running around saying, you know, uh, uh, Titus said he was going to look stupid. Hold my beer. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's really dumb. I'll, I'll show you Lederhosen, like, uh, like, holy crap, like, and it's, and like Mithra, who I just unlocked, I, I just got to the whole Mithra scene, she's actually a pretty beautiful character design that's maybe a little more booby focused than I'd liked, but she's, she's kind of better than Pyra in a lot of ways, it's just, it's just, I, I think the character designs in this game are garish, like, they, they're just like, that's a good word for it. Yeah. yeah, I really, I like Nia's Some of them, anyway. Yeah. Mm. Oh my fine. god. Nia's Morag. the best. Morag is my fave. I love Morag. Oh my I god. I love Morag. Yeah. <laughs> Morag is the best. But we don't want to talk about it because yeah. some of us aren't too far. But Nia, oh, I love Morag. I'm not too far, yeah. <laughs> Nia is awesome. I love her her voice actress. Like that's the other weird thing is then the then the voice acting doesn't match up with what they're talking about. Like Pyra has like a very like there there's kind of a her, commanding. Her delivery's bad. Well, it, no. there's an unearthliness I, mm, to her that I'm actually kind of okay with. I, if, I I liked her voice a lot in the beginning, but as the game went on, I was like, my opinion shifted from like, oh, she's, like you said, unearthly and like kind of commanding to like, oh, she's just flat. Because there uh, are scenes where, where like there's a, a serious thing and like a character's life is in peril and she'll just be like, Rex, we have to fight back. Come on <laughs> And then he's like, all right, gotcha. Come on, Pyra. (laughs) I just feel like. You do a good Rex impression. That's pretty good. That's all right. A case of like voice actors recording their lines separately, which is like very common industry standard. Like they don't usually have the people in a room reading to each other. But yeah, that's sort of the thing. It's like, ooh, yeah, you guys, um, your signals are a little cross there in terms of delivery. So yeah. That helps so much if they're in the same room. Yeah, I don't hate. I don't, I don't hate Pyra's voice. I just think she's kind of flat. Mm. Um, but I, I like that she's. I was very pleased when they introduced her, and it's like, okay, here's you know, here's Boob Sword, 
but then she has kind of a lower voice, so I, I do like that. So. Who, who would have thought that the the white haired dude wearing a mask would turn out to be a bad guy? Never saw that one coming. Like, it, it just, like there's just moments like that that I'm like, what the? And it's weird because I think the overall story that they're hinting at, and obviously you guys are way further than me, but like the overall story that they're hinting at is like classic Zeno, mm-hmm. and like I'm really on board with it, like. And, and so having this kind of real moe shonen jump stuff is is very jarring. Like, yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. I think that it's kind of weird, um, and it's like you know, th- thankfully, I don't know when it happens. I feel like they don't like linger on it too long. Like it's not like there's a huge long cut scene of moeness. It's it's thankfully over kind of quickly. But yeah, it does pop up. How, yeah, how far away am I from the hot springs scene? Um, there definitely is one. Yep, um, I, I just took a guess. It's, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's actually not a, there are no guys in the hot spring scene. So if you're thinking about that cliche of like, guys uh, are sneaking up and, and the viewing, they don't do that. Uh, so okay. feel, feel it's relaxed. Actually, it's okay. I, was, I know what I was thinking about this. <laughs> and there, yes. there's there's a plot hint in that scene that's very interesting, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm wondering if I'm right about my suspicion about it. So anyway, yeah, I have one too. Um, I will say though that you know the mowing is okay, fine, but there's a humor in some of the cutscenes that is kind of uh, appreciated. Like you know, uh, Blade Cross X whatever was so super serious. The only humor in the main story was basically how many different ways can we joke about Lin eating Tatsu. Um, and Zen- the original Xenoblade had some humor, but it was also much more focused on its story. There are times when I'm actually kind of grateful to see that they're injecting a little bit of humor between the characters and having the characters play off each other and demonstrate that they are actually friends and, and, and things like that. And the heart-to-hearts that you can uh, find around the world, which are all fully voiced now, which is amazing – really help to add into that that sort of that feel of these are a group of friends on an adventure together. Um, I've really enjoyed pretty much every heart to heart that I've found because it's great to see these characters interact outside of the story. And it's actually great to see these heart to hearts involve more than just two characters. Yeah. The way they do in the, in the original Xenoblade. Like I've had heart to hearts that involve pretty much everyone in the active party and their, their uh, default blades. And it's like, that's really cool. Like, and this is entirely optional. It's nothing to do with the main story. And you, you may not find it until like halfway through the game, but it's just like, that's, that's nice. And the other thing that I'll say about what I like about the story um, is I like how, when you go to a town, it's full of people. It feels like it's bustling and there are uh, dialogue boxes that pop up sort of, Sort of a la Final Fantasy fourteen, where you'll you'll see NPCs that are having conversations. You can't talk to them, but they're having little conversations. Yeah, it happens all the time, and you know it can be a, a small little conversation. It really helps to make the places feel lived in, make them feel like they're actual places where people live, and even sometimes give a little bit of world building flavor. Like uh, there's a guy and his kids in uh, more ordain and their kids, kids are asking him, are you going to go to war daddy? And it's like, you're reminded. Yeah. There are tensions between these different nations because the Titans are dying. The amount of land available for people to live on is getting less and less. And suddenly you're, you're aware, Hey, people are, are going to be fighting over dwindling resources. So there are, for all of the, questionable elements in the story there are other elements in the story and in world building 
that make me smile and say, me this too. is, this is really good. And they did a good job here. So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I you love the game and, and I feel the need to defend it sometimes uh, for certain things. I will agree that there are design choices in the story that are kind of, and in character design that are a little bit like, huh? But then there's always something else that makes me kind of like, hey, that's cool. Or, hey, I like that. So it's a, it's a weird kind of, I like it and I recognize its flaws and, you know, it's like, there's good and bad. And sometimes I'm shaking my head and other times I'm like, in, like nodding along, like, yes, give me more. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, you know what that says to me is it sort of says a uh, design by committee that there are people writing serious bits and there are people writing comedic bits and that those don't necessarily mesh all the time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, know that for sure, but it's I, almost I mean, like one. Di- it's almost like one writer director making one movie, and then a writer director making the next movie, <laughs> and dropping like every major point and detail. Now, where? Uh, well, I don't know what you could possibly be talking about, Rob. Talking about. It's not something in a galaxy far, far away, is it? No, no don't think it was anything like that. Um, no, I'm going to keep at it. Um, I, I really well, do. I really do like the combat system. I, I once I figured it out, it is very, very satisfying. And, and the world design, you know, it, it is beautiful. Oh, it's, it, it's, it, it's an absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous world to to walk around. It feels so much more elaborate than Xenoblade Chronicles, the first game. And and having missed, oh, you think X, so? Well, remember, I skipped over X, so I, I'm going from a Wii game to like a Switch game. That's that's a pretty big jump in terms of everything they can do, and so everything just feels so like big and elaborate, and and, and that's really cool to me. And I yeah, I, I feel really like, like that. I feel like the environments, um, in terms of how they design them, they feel more complicated than in the originals on Oblade. Yeah, okay. there's like a lot more hidden paths and stuff. Yeah, yeah. the world feels a lot more interesting than X is too. Yeah, I mean, like, we've talked about this before. I feel like I love X. Uh, you know, I love the moving around. I love the, 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 the scales and crap like that. But when you think about the reason for the world existing the way it does, it makes no sense because it's basically biomes that are right next to each other for and they're vastly different for no reason. Like you have the plains biome and the jungle biome, then the desert biome, then the ice biome, then the volcano yeah. biome, and they're all right next to each other with no reason to be like that. Whereas mm-hmm. it makes total sense in Xenoblade 2 why there are different uh, biomes. You know, Gormont is the wooded, foresty biome. We, yeah. we learn about more Ardane's Titan being that it's it's dying. Um, and the, the game tells you from the very beginning that the Titans are dying off and that every day another Titan is dying and that, you know, that means that there's less space for people to live on. And you learn that more Ardane's Titan is getting close to the end of its lifespan and that's why it's kind of, that's why the area is the way it is because the Titan is about, to, it's, you know, it's about to kick it. And then there are, I, mean, I haven't gotten to like the Ice Titan yet, but there's, there's a reason I feel like with that world setup for having different biomes that doesn't exist in, in, yeah. in. And it, it, That's it, it a really existed. great point. I agree. Like, like there are reasons for like Valak Mountain to be an icy space because it was at the very top of the Bionis' shoulder. But I don't know. I feel like that having multiple titans gives you the opportunity to create multiple different biomes and a very good world reason why they're different. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I wanted to say just before we move on from this discussion that um, 
uh, Nathan wanted to say a little something I think about, cause he was saying, was I, am I the only one who doesn't really have a problem with the art style? So I just kind of wanted to get his perspective on that. So, I mean, is it just because you sort of are accustomed to more anime style stuff or do you think that the pacing is actually good or the, the like writing and everything is actually good? Uh, it's more, I'm just a lot more accustomed to anime style stuff. So I'm not really phased by the whole, like, Oh, this, this stuff is like something that doesn't really fit with, with this game. It's just more something I look at and just go, eh, it's like, it's something I've seen before and it doesn't really bug me so much. That's basically what it is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I will respect that opinion. My take is that, you know, if like these sorts of things are bother- bothersome, uh, then we should probably like question why some of us find them bothersome. And like, <clears throat> I mean, if it's sort of like, if it's a, a choice between, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Cause you're just saying you look at it and you're like, eh, I'm not phased. So if your reaction is, eh, I'm not phased, why not just get rid of it entirely? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's hard for me to really say. I'm just like, I'm just so used to it that it, it like, so it's not to be in here and other people say there's issues with it. I just kind of, just kind of shrug it off and like, it, it doesn't have to be in there, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm not bothered by the fact that it's there. Okay. All right. That's fair. I just wanted to ask. All right. Well, Rob uh, has his mic on mute because he's playing Bloodborne or something, right? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Jesus. I'm here. Uh, no, I was just thinking about uh, what comes out next: Xenoblade Chronicles Three or Xenoblade Chronicles X Two, just to piss me off. And I think it's going to be X Two. No, I don't see them revisiting. <laughs> if it's X Two, I think it was taking a step backwards. Yeah. I don't see them doing that. Uh, well, that cliffhanger ending, though. They're going to do it. Yeah. Who knows? But well, I would okay. actually really like we, the opportunity to play X on my Switch. It's, it's even like, we know that they, they, they have a next project, and as far as we know, it has nothing to do with Xenoblade. And it's actually, it looks from the concept art that they've shown, which isn't very much, that it looks like it could be really interesting and a different sort of direction for them. What, if, what if it's a new, four. I was going to say, what if it's a new Xeno game, but not Blade, <laughs> Saga, or Gears? What would it be? It's a medieval mm. Xeno game. Xeno Xenoborn. Yeah, Xeno Xenosolves. Yeah. I don't know. They call it like, like Xeno Blood. Xeno, Xeno Bloodborne. Mm. No. Mm. Oh, man. Uh, so moving away from the Xenoblades to uh, the Lost Spheres. Uh, am I saying that right? Sphere? We're just spelling Sphere. it weird. Yeah, they just spelled it weird because it's Square Enix, the creators uh, of Dissidia 012 Duodecim, my friend. And Kingdom Hearts, everything. So that, uh, <laughs> that demo dropped on Switch, and I picked it up because I'm, I'm looking for any excuse to play my Switch because I adore the damn thing. Um, man, that's a bad demo. That demo just drops you into the middle of just like here's All 18 right. million things. Like so, whoa. to be fair, yeah, I <laughs> and and I don't think that's not a judgment on the quality of the game itself. No, say, no. So the funny thing is, there's actually a Japanese demo on the PSN that came out a few weeks ago, and I downloaded that out of curiosity. It's a different demo than the English one. Even Jesus. even like the the English demo that came out on Switch, it's different. Jesus so Christ, the the Japanese <laughs> demo actually just starts you at the beginning of the game. Oh, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Introductory scenes. Yeah, and um, I was pleased because the the writing is pretty simple, um, even from what I've seen in the English version. So it was, like, not too hard to understand. And, um, yeah, it just, like, starts you with this little uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Jesus. Flashback. A flashback. And then it goes into a flashback uh, in a JRPG. I know. No. And then you no. you see the main character. The main character wakes up in the morning, and his friend comes to fetch oh, him, and it's the whole like corner trigger. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But <laughs> but at least it started from the beginning, so I you know got a, a handle on the mechanics and everything. And I don't think that Lost Sphere is especially complex necessarily. But um, the the demo that Rob's talking about that just came out for Switch, just the English version demo. It, it kind of throws you into the middle of game, the game and it gives you full access to one of the game's major features in the battle system, which is the, um, I think they're called Volk, Vulcan suits or Voco suits or something? Uh, Volk suits, I think. Vul- Vulcan suits. Okay. Um, but they're, <laughs> they're gears. Each, each uh, <laughs> yeah, each character has like, it's kind of hard to tell from the, the scale of the character models whether those are intended to be like large robots or if they're yeah. more yeah, Super Sentai transformation costumes. Um, but but <laughs> kind of gets into like a, a robot basically. And then they have access to a different set of attacks, but the robots are powerful. So they're sort of limited in terms of like how many attacks you can do and they have a cooldown and stuff. So um, yeah, I would, like my kind of game. Yeah, yeah no, it's, 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 it's very I, cool. It is really cool. I think Caitlin, I think you'd be down with it. I was getting Xenogears vibes and they, uh, there's a lot of positioning in the combat. Like if two enemies are right up next to each other, you can go up and your slash might be able to damage both of them. I, I was really digging that, but there, there are two things that are just immediate turnoffs when it comes to this game. One, I, I'm sorry. I, this game looks cheap as hell. Like it, it it's fugly. Like it, it is a fugly looking game. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but it I, looks I like think a that the game. It looks the like art style. Like I like the art. I think that the the character models and the in game assets are like they they are on the budget side, and it's using the same engine as I am Setsuna. It's just it's weird how um, going from that sort of like consistent snowy environment to the more typical JRPG setting kind Change. of exacerbates the quality of the like the the budget quality. Yeah, of the, yeah. the engine. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, I agree. Weird. I agree with that. And then also like that, the perspective and the way that they're handling the dialogue makes it really hard to tell exactly what's going on. And maybe that's just from being dropped into the middle of the demo, uh, into the middle of the game. But like, it, it, uh, dude, it's evil empires talking about each other. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, yeah, God. well, that's because the demo drops you in in the middle. Right. I think that's totally it, it, it's got a weird mechanic where like you can place different environment pieces. And I wasn't really sure what the hell was going on with that. Like I, I only played the demo once and finished it all up it it's a strange game i'm not necessarily opposed to it i was intrigued excuse me a sec <coughs> i was i wasn't uh super opposed to i am setsuna but derek said don't play it so i, I listen to my better half well when it comes to these things uh, i said you shouldn't play it specifically yes, yeah you, you said me uh, that yeah. that wasn't an indictment on the game uh but it it just i i agree with derek it, it's something i i like the art design but the in-game assets are just i do think yeah i'm with you i think that the um the battle system actually has the potential to be absolutely fantastic because like i am setsuna it's also modeled after chrono trigger in terms of like dual techs and uh, attack positioning and stuff however i am setsuna didn't let you freely position your characters in terms of like where you know if i want my character to do you know cyclone like the chrono move where he does a circle attack in Setsuna, your character, you couldn't like manually position where it was. It would always be centered around a target or whatever, or maybe like a line of sight based on your character. Lost Sphere lets you actually move your character, you know, it sort of gives you a, like a preview. I'm trying to think of an example. There are other games that have done it where it's like you can move your character in real time 
And then uh, when you execute, they'll jump to that spot and then do the thing you want them to do. So I think that that actually fixed like my number one criticism of the I am sets in a battle system is that like, I didn't feel like I had precise control over what my characters were doing at every, any given time. So that being said, um, yeah, I think Lost Sphere is, is on track to be like a very solid JRPG. I do hope that it has a less complex and cumbersome equipment system because I am sets in was also kind of funky. Yeah. Yeah, it's but. it's a weird. I think it's a perfect fit for the Switch. Uh, I'll, I'll wait to see what people think of it. Um, but in terms of like this or Octopath Traveler, like it, it ain't even a contest for me. Uh, yeah. Octopath looks better. I'm more intrigued by it. Um, yeah, I think Octopath feels more original too. It's gonna be a saga <laughs> game, isn't it? They're they're just gonna call it Saga, right? It's gonna be Octopath Saga. Or I mean, more or less. I don't know. I can't I can't say whether they're gonna do that or not because the the original Saga like. The creator Akitoshi Kawazu is not involved in this game. So in he Octopath. says. So he says. So he says. Yeah. He wasn't involved in Final Fantasy XII. And they jumped on board. Like, come on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you mentioned Octopath Traveler and Saga, so I might as well bring this up now. So, ah. um, sort of out of nowhere, Romancing Saga Two, original, originally released on the Super Famicom uh, in the nineties, released here on like every console under the sun. PS4, uh, Switch, Steam, Vita, Toaster, um, like whatever. <laughs> graphing you know. calculator. Yeah, graphing calculator. God, how can I figure graphing calculator? Yeah, so it, it sort of came out of nowhere because we knew that last year, Romancing Saga 2 got a remake uh, that was released here in, in English um, for iOS and Android. And people were like, oh my God, you know, first domestic release of Romancing Saga 2. Um, the only downside of that is if you're a person like me, I effing hate playing games on my phone. Um, if they are like older, you know, classic games that utilize a D-pad in some way, I am not using your virtual D-pad. Get out of my face. So <laughs> they announced at the same time that they were going to be releasing the, the Vita version as well in the U.S., but, you know, it was like a year and a half and no news. So people were like, oh, it must have been canned. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks ago, Kawazu tweeted, hey, it's still coming for Vita and a few and, and other platforms. I'll have more information soon. We're like, oh, my God. So people started to theorize, maybe it's Switch. Yeah, it sure was Switch, but also PC and also PS4 and also Xbox One, you know? So all the the things. So what a weird, like how bizarre to have this classic uh, Super Famicom RPG release out of nowhere for all the systems. Well, well, Um, I mean, Square Enix, get on releasing all of the Dragon Quest games on one uh, Switch part. Please, please. Like, holy crap. Like, I would buy that. Like, I want to play Dragon Quest 1, 2, 3, but I'm not playing them on my phone. I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not doing it either. Absolutely not. I've thought about it, like, multiple times, and I've talked myself out of it. I'm like, Derek will yell at you. <laughs> don't buy I'm glad, it. I'm glad that like my specter looms over you at any. It, it does. There are times where I'm like, I'm gonna play Bloodborne, and I just hear no. <laughs> Ghost oh, of well, Derek. It's okay. <laughs> my my roommate sure is on his like fifth or sixth or seventh playthrough, and uh, my boyfriend's playing it right now too. So I just can't escape he, from this goddamn is he game. Seriously? Is he serious? Yes. <laughs> I go downstairs or I come home from work, and they're just both in the living room like like giddy kids playing Bloodborne. And I'm just like, <laughs> God damn it! No, actually. Um, <laughs> You know that, like, my opinion on Bloodborne has shifted into, like, I, I really appreciate everything Bloodborne's doing. I'm happy to watch it. Cool. I just wish I didn't have to watch it, like, yeah. every day yeah. of my life. <laughs> I understand. When Jackie was playing Super Mario Odyssey, there were a couple days where I was coming home, like, oh, god damn it, more Mario Odyssey? Like, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, just to, to touch back on Romancing Saga really quick, I've only put, in, like, an hour and a half into the Switch version. Um, 
I'm a little disappointed to find that it uses the same interface as the mobile version. They did not oh, they did not oh. update that, mm. so it's still got like the massive boxes that you would be expected to tap on the touchscreen and stuff. So it's like didn't they they just fix that for uh, Final Fantasy Nine, right? They did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so maybe there's hope that they'll do that for this. Um, because I do think that it's kind of uh, ugly and takes up too much screen real estate. But that being said, um, this is a totally solid port of Romancing Saga 2. I did not play this uh, on Super Famicom, so this is really my first experience with it. And it is definitely a saga game. It's uh, really esoteric, has like almost no direction, and uh, characters uh, get stronger by getting hit by things instead of leveling up. So I, I think I just heard mm-hmm. Derek say. I think I just heard Derek say under his breath, "Rob, don't play it." Rob, don't play it. You won't like it. <laughs> okay, fair but, but I'm, actually... I'm really glad I have such good friends that can take care of me. <laughs> I'm into it so far, actually. I, for all its weirdness, I really like it. Um, a big thing, a big reason why is because I've always, even though I had never played the game, I have always been drawn to the art style of Romancing Saga yeah. um, 2 and 3 on Super Famicom. I just love those sprites. Those are some of the most beautiful sprites and environments. Um, and so the the remake version does the thing where it has like high res backgrounds that look kind of weird and out of place, but the, the sprites look excellent. They're perfect. So I'm happy with uh, the way that it turned out visually overall. So yeah, I'm enjoying the game so far. You know what I really want on switch. I'm looking at my shelf. I really want a new sheer in the wanderer on switch. I don't mm, no. I don't did, know. Did, did you play the Vita one Derek? Cause it's, it's really good. They got rid of a lot of that grindy stuff that was pretty bad in the DS versions. I think you muted yourself, Derek. Or did I mute myself? Uh, no, Derek muted himself. Yeah, he oh, he had to go do oh, something. He, oh, he walked away. Okay, yeah, way to go, Derek. I'm in the middle of talking to you. I'm just going to make it real <laughs> awkward right now. I'm not, <laughs> just going to hold this podcast hostage until Derek comes back. <clears throat> well, you know what I want on Switch? Um, I want Okami on Switch. Okami would make so much sense on Switch. Yeah, what I've the been, hell? Yeah, like, <laughs> Like, it should have been on Vita, too, back in the day, and it never happened. And now it's like we specifically got ports of the HD version for PS4 and for PC. And it's like, I don't know why they didn't put it on Switch. Because, I mean, Switch may be less powerful than PS4 and Xbox One, but it can certainly handle a PS2 game. Pretty sure it can handle Okami. Yeah. And it's like, I've been been playing... Oh, welcome back, Derek! Oh, I've been I said in chat. All right. Yeah, I messed up. I, I had to pee like you wouldn't believe. So yeah, I've been I've been I've been playing Okami HD for review, and it's like I love this game, and it's like I I never stopped loving this game, but playing it again has reminded me just how awesome it is, and then it's like, but I but I want to play it on the go. <laughs> Please, the, the Switch has spoiled us. Like, yes, it, it has. Completely it really has. Yep. I want everything. I'm looking for, like, I bought the end is nigh just to have something on the Switch, which was a really bad idea because that game's really damn hard. But, like, I, I just, I love that damn little device. And when they put Xenoblade Chronicles X on it, I will play it. Uh, yeah, you should. Not yeah. she wants to, so. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, so I guess the only game we have left to talk about, I'm not sure if anybody else played it. Anybody else play the Monster Hunter World beta? Was I the only I did. one? I, yeah. I did. I, I streamed I it actually earlier this week. You did. Yeah, I, so I, I have never played a Monster Hunter game. I bought Try just to get the Pro controller for the Wii, and I never put it in the Wii. Uh, I I hear lots and lots of things about Monster Hunter, but I'm maybe not the best judge of what this game does differently. All I know is when I was playing it, 
I felt really weird the whole time I was playing it. Like, I'm not sure what move I'm going to do. Which is funny uh, because... Why Monster Hunter is... Monster Hunter is famously esoteric and inaccessible, but people who get into it love how incredibly deep and complex it is. But it's just funny that you would say that considering, like, this is by far the most accessible Monster Hunter game I've ever Yeah, played. yeah. yeah. Um, but like I was, I think half my problem was that I selected some weapons that were just in, in my view, in my very limited time playing this game, not fun to use. Like I, I ended up accidentally choosing one of the charge weapons, which like after you attack a few times, you need to like decharge it. And that mechanic was not working very well. Like I was pressing the buttons it was telling me to do and it, it just wasn't. And I was getting really frustrated Then I picked a giant hammer and I had way more fun with it. But I, I guess like I didn't really see the appeal the whole time I was playing it. And I'm, I'm sorry to say this. I was just like, why would I play this over souls? Like the whole, the whole time they're very different games. Very they're different. Just, they're very different games. They are, but like I, in terms of like playing a game where I'm dodging and rolling and hitting something massive, I would much rather play a Souls game. Yeah, uh, um, so about Center, that's actually I'll let you go on, Kayla. No, well, no, I mean like, um, so I'm also I never played a Monster Hunter game before, so the beta was my first experience, and while it looks super pretty, and it is, pretty. It is very pretty. And I like the idea of of the hunting. I felt like when it came to combat, like, I mean, I'm not really a fan of the Souls games, but I have played Bloodborne, and I did enjoy most of what I played at Bloodborne. I feel like I can... I, I, I'm kind of agreeing with Rob here about... I don't know. The combat's fun, but it also feels, I mean, for my, like, slippy. two or three-hour experience... Yeah, slippy. Like... I'm all over the place. Even when I lock on to an enemy, I'm constantly just, you know, flying all over the place. It does not feel as weighted and as, I don't know, uh, the, 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 what's the word for it? It's like, I don't know that I have 100% control over my character. He's going all over the place. I'm just hitting buttons, trying to do as much damage as possible. But it's like, I don't feel like, I did not feel like I was in a comfortable position where I knew where I was going, what I was doing, and things like that. So, yeah. but it was, you know, just a two, you know, three hour experience in which each fight you had a really uh, severe time limit. So it was also kind of like, crap, I gotta, I just gotta mash buttons as fast as possible because I only have like 20 minutes to take down this monster. I didn't mm-hmm. have enough time to really sit and explore all of the UI, which I think probably is showing way too much information um, <laughs> and to figure out what I'm doing with all of these pop-ups and, you know, picking up uh, herbs and crap and trying to find the monster. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I, I gave it the time it probably needs, but just, you know, jumping in as a new person for first experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. my favorite thing was the, the cat minions. I like the, oh, the cats are great. The cats are great. Yeah. The palicos palicos make me want to play the game because they're cute. And did you see when you go into water, they get in a little raft and they're paddling and it's so cute. (laughs) Nathan, jump in there. I know you you got things to say, so jump in. Yeah, for for me, it's always interesting listening to opinions of people who are new because I've been playing Monster since 2004. So for, for me, I get like the mechanics and everything, how exactly to play the game. So it's, but I will say Monster Hunter is a series that you really need to take the time to learn. And yeah, you, you need like people to just kind of teach you the ropes of it before you can really get into the system and 
learn know exactly what you're doing. I think for me, and and this is something I've brought up before when we've talked about action games, like character action games, like uh, Devil May Cry or Bayonetta. I have a really hard time when I'm playing a game when the thing that I'm attacking doesn't respond to what I'm doing. Uh, and, and like in Souls games, you you fight tons and tons of mook enemies, and then you fight the boss. And yeah, a lot of times the boss kind of ignores you, but they give you such wide openings to attack that it's not really that big a deal. When I was playing this, like. I'm fighting a monster that is barely responding to my attacks, and that's that's like instant turnoff for me in a video game. Like I don't, I like there being an ebb and a flow, and like when I'm connecting with something, like I'm connecting over and over again. I think that's one of the reasons I really liked uh, the Arkham uh, battle systems. Is like you can really get into a flow with those games where you just you feel like a million bucks. It's very rhythm heavy. With, with this, I was almost like, man, I kind of wish I could fight like some smaller monsters that would actually like respond to what i'm doing it's, well, there it's are. Like, right yeah. but, but and it wasn't like the the monster was never responding to me but it was like I, I, maybe it's just my lack of knowledge i wasn't yeah. sure it's because I, monster hunter is incredibly reliant on like you have different weapon types and then you yeah. have to know like you you have to learn a lot outside of the game that you apply in the game in terms of like sure. okay this monster you know i can break his tail so i need to use a weapon that can break the tail and i need to focus on it and then once he, you know, once I use the correct weapon or the correct attack, then maybe he'll he'll stagger, and then like I can break that, and then I can start doing some other things. So like, yeah, I think Monster Hunter is the kind of game that requires um, a higher than usual amount of outside research and commitment to learning its intricacies than like most games of its type. Yeah, which is yeah. which what is what makes it so impenetrable, but also really exciting for people who like it. I sort of sure, land yeah. on the side of the fence of like I'm not a big fan. I don't really like it that much, but playing the Monster Hunter uh, world beta, I was like, oh, okay, I feel like I could actually get into this. Because I sunk I sunk something like um, 15 or so hours into the most recent 3DS one, because my boyfriend's really into it, and so we tried to play together, and like I had fun hunting together, but it still, it just never clicked for me. And this one, I think, feels a little bit more like it's, uh, you know, it's tuned in such a way that people like me can pick it up and be like, aha, I get it now. Um, but yeah, it's still it's still inaccessible. That's Monster Hunter for you. Yeah, it's 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 about knowing weapons and the type of monster you're gonna be fighting. It's all about learning patterns, right? That's what you have to do for Monster Hunter. And then once you know monsters' patterns, then you can fight more effectively. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, part of me was really intrigued. I, I'm thinking it, it did not run very well on my base PlayStation Four. It was really mm, yeah, choppy. A few really chops. Really chop, choppy in places, and also the fans kicked on on my PS4. I thought it was going to achieve lift, like it, like, <laughs> like, like Jackie walked into the room. She's like, "The hell is that?" And I'm like, "That's the PlayStation 4." She's like, "Is it okay?" Like, I, I don't know. It might not be. Um, you know, a part of me wants to play it on PC to get that real solid frame rate. Or I, I think PS4 uh, Pro uh, runs significantly better, according to other reports. I, I was definitely intrigued by it. I just, I, I think you're right. I would need like Solosi or somebody else to really kind of hold my hand a little bit through that game. And I'm not, yeah. I don't think I'm opposed to that, but I also like, it felt weird. Like I was just clipping through the monster all the time. Like I, I didn't yeah. feel, <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't feel like a solid connection to what I was fighting. It doesn't, it, it feels very slippery as, as Caitlin put it. And I don't, 
you know, I don't know if maybe that's just the monster I was fighting or if that was just, I also got really bored on the second quest. Like I was fighting that damn thing for 10 minutes and I just started like, Oh my God. Would yeah. You I think just... it's forever. And I'm like, would you just die? You son of a bitch. Like I, you know, it, I, I can definitely see the appeal. I can see it. And I think maybe if I was a kid, if I was back in middle school, I'd play the ever-loving crap out of this, and I'd be talking about it with all my friends. But it didn't. It didn't really hook me. It does look great, though. It does look really, really good. Um, it's a far cry from most concentric games because usually the environments everything look like shit, and uh, the character models are the only thing that looks good. So this yeah. is nice to see some good environments. This is true. It could be good. It could be really good. I just, you know, if somebody wants to buy me a free copy, I, I will do that. But I, I, I don't think I'm putting sixty. But bo- I don't think I'm putting sixty bones on it. Like it just doesn't. It, it did not entice me in a way. Uh, Jackie was actually better at it than I was because she just took the I'm taking two very fast weapons and I'm just going to attack the monster. I'm trying to take a very measured approach, and she just went in like a damn Ginsu knife and took it out. I was just like, oh, okay. You know, I was trying to be all measured and tactical. You just kind of murdered the damn thing before it even knew what the hell was going on. That's nice. You feel good about yourself now? Like, but she does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But but admit admit it, Rob. That was probably really hot, wasn't it? A little bit, a little bit. I, yeah, yeah. I, got, I got a little turned on. Uh, just, 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 just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, then she wore the pyra outfit, and it was just—it was all downhill from there. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> uh oh dear god okay so uh yeah from software announced something no clue what it is <laughs> at the video game awards they uh they showed a trailer with some kind of bloody rope winch tightening and japanese calligraphy in the background uh the tagline was shadows never die i called that it was a from software game immediately and started no screaming. no no it's it's a jlpt simulator it's just getting. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. That's perfect. The I have no idea what that is. Japanese language proficiency <laughs> test that's like famously, famously hard to study for and take and everything. Yeah, it's the Dark Souls of the JLBT. Is that what? You're... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> JLBT. Sure. Oh God. Uh, uh, my guess. I don't think it was Japanese though. I, don't, I didn't recognize anything on. The, uh, somebody the was saying that they recognized Tiger, and there was a uh, uh, what's the throwing shuriken thingy that. Uh, ninjas have it's. I have no idea. No, 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 not a shuri. Uh, no, kunai? Not yes, a kunai. Uh, it looks like there's a kunai and the rope. Uh, my guess is if we go back to other Souls games, in Dark Souls One, there was a character in the DLC that looked like a Bloodborne character, like very Victorian. And in the Bloodborne DLC, there was a character that was very like uh, Japanese or. Uh, Okay, Derek, help me out here because I never want to use this term and piss people off. But I'm a dumb white guy. Is Oriental considered a bad term now? Yeah, it's what you call a rug, not a person. Okay, okay, yeah. fair, fair. No, I'm just making sure. Like, hey, dumb, dumb white hetero yeah, dude. Okay. I'm just making sure. Like, I remember when there was like Oriental Dungeons and Dragons, and as a kid, I was like, that feels weird. Like, <laughs> like. Yeah. Weird. I mean, it's uh, words change over time. Uh, sure, so sure. Change over time, so it's one of those things. Like, yeah. But, just want to be careful, but there there was somebody yeah, who was dressed. Asian. Asian is probably what you're looking for. There was somebody dressed in what could be considered like uh, Japanese garb, and so the theory is that they kind of put that character as a hint for what they're doing next. So maybe some kind of samurai souls, or maybe it's Bloodborne, but in a in an Asian setting. Uh, wouldn't that just be called Neo? That kind of seems interesting. Uh, 
I, I'm super excited. Uh, this bums me out because I was planning on not going to E3, and now apparently I have to go. Uh, they said we'll know more within the next year. Uh, my guess would be E3 reveal, and then probably beginning of 2019 release date. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect it until then. I mean, that's such an early tease. It shows nothing. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really excited to see what it's going to be. Uh, but then the uh, the ESA seems to be indicating that they are going to uh, just uh, what is it called? They're they're going to open E3 to the public again, which I don't know how I. Um, and we've we've talked about that a, a lot enough. I, know, I would say. I, I know. I know. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean to bring it up again. But uh, I, I was excited, and it, I thought that was a real big reveal for the uh, for, for the, the game yeah for the game awards. That was a really yeah. big reveal. They had some surprising surprising announcements there. Um, the the street. Well, actually, no, that was after game awards. They had the Capcom Cup um, the following weekend, right, for PlayStation Experience, and that's when they unveiled the Street Fighter Anniversary Collection for Switch, etc. That's cool. And then, oh my God, um, um, Capcom announced the Mega Man Everything. Yeah, Mega Man the Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess they remembered that it exists, which is very exciting because I love me some Mega Man. I thought Mega Man Eleven looked great. Yeah, it does look really good, and I'm excited to have every Mega Man game on my Switch. Every every you know side story. Uh, th- there there was a rumor that they were going to release the X series one at a time. What? No, it said they would do a collection, didn't they? Hey, there was some kind of uh, the, uh, a bunch of podcasts I listened to after. Oh, the wording sure. was uh, yeah, must have been, been a rumor or something. Yeah, the wording was that. weird. The wording was really, really weird. But it, it's good on Capcom. Uh, I think that's great. That Street Fighter collection is really enticing. That is really cool because I don't play Street Fighter competitively. In fact, I, every once in a while, I get like a hair at my butt and I'll want to play a fighting game like really, really hone my skills and get into it with a couple of local friends. Like I did it with. Um, Blaze Blue a few times, and like I'm, I'm actually really excited for Soul Calibur Six. Oh yes, yes. yes. Oh my God, yeah. I'm not happy I thought the series was dead for sure. That, yeah, that, me too. That game's we, gonna cause a divorce in my house. Now we need to start uh, predicting what crossover characters we're gonna get. Right, uh, Shulk again. This again, is like, come on. Yes, Shulk would be really good. Yeah, uh, well, it's, if it's a, it's not a Sony exclusive, is it? Actually, it's not on Switch. I don't think it's coming to Switch. Actually, now I think about it. Hmm, interesting. Um, but yeah, I was going to say Street Fighter Collection is just a, a good example of a series that like I would love to have all of those accessible so I can just tool around with them. Just have yeah, a friend come over and casually fun, yeah. pop them on. Yeah, not like trying to get into tournament esport level, but like, oh, cool, I want to play Third Strike. Let's do that. Yeah, how much longer until Resident Evil 4 is on the Switch? I I, I can't believe it's not already on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, it's, it's, it's on like everything else. It's so. on everything, but it is one of the probably most influential games of the last 20 years like it right is... hand comes off <laughs> but in I'm terms sorry. of the, the the that was pretty good but in terms of the older the over the shoulder uh camera shooting like that that game oh, yeah. has been hugely it's influential really it's still yeah. really really fun hey and it does have um rocket propelled grenades in it so here at rpg fan we can cover that right it's got it's kind of a role playing game. I mean, you you you, you play a role. You you level up your guns. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about Death Stranding because I thought that trailer was a giant ball of nothing. Like I, yeah, I would agree. I, I thought it was incredibly interesting thematically, but um, showed I nothing. I can't get it up for a Kojima game right now. Like I I, two thousand four. That's when Snake Eater came out. That's the last Kojima game that I liked completely, one hundred percent. And that's a long time. Actually, um, same here. I'm gonna. 
Sorry, I got to interject one thing. I double back for just a second. Soul Calibur six guest characters. I just had a great idea. Isaac right. from Golden Sun. Ooh, like Ooh. like older Isaac. All right. Oh, no, that's right. That's where it gets hurt me now, but it's not coming to Switch, so I don't think that's gonna happen. Oh no. Okay, never mind. All right. I, I loved I loved the uh, Zelda expansion reveal and that it was coming out that night, and Link got a goddamn motorcycle. Like that's cool. That was, that was great. That's I, really cool. My entire life for and it's out right now. Announcements. Those are my favorite. Yeah. yeah. And we, I, I was keeping my fingers crossed for Metroid, and we got Bayonetta one, two, and now a Bayonetta three. And three. That, that's cool. Holy that's cool. Um, so good. But here's the thing about the Zelda reveal. I, I I have no desire to go back and replay that game, and so I'm like, uh, I, as much as I'm interested in that motorcycle, no. Like well, that's your problem, isn't it, Rob? I, I like that game a lot. <laughs> I just, you know, uh, and it won Game of the Year at the Video Game Awards. Color yeah. me shocked. Actually, like, to be fair, I uh, I also I realized at the the debut of Expansion Pass Two, Expansion Pack Two, that I hadn't played one with the master sword trial so i've actually been doing that over the last week or so like very slowly making my way through that part so that i can eventually play number two maybe next year i don't know Rising be the first. Did, did it win anything no Wait, really it no, it didn't win anything. no it didn't win a single thing and that's oh, no. uh, that sucks not for like six things it didn't win any of them yeah it, it definitely should have won something like best visual design at least or other, like, technical, technical like prowess i don't know because the, the engine in that game is amazing it's so beautiful i've been doing a little bit of the uh resident evil 7 dlc that they uh released that's a weird game there's there's so many things that work so well in that game and then there's moments of just like screeching halt like oh this isn't fun like I think that game's boss design is really, really bad. And one of the DLCs is all built around melee combat, which I was like, oh man, I loved Condemned 2. Like, that game was awesome, and melee combat really isn't good. So, I, I don't know. Resident Evil 7 is a weird one where, like, I really love that game, but there are moments of just, like, I despise this game. Like, the, But that's kind of Resident Evil in a, in a nutshell. That also got shafted at the Game Awards. I expected that to get a lot more. Didn't it win? It won Best VR, didn't it? <laughs> Did it? Oh, yeah. it, it near near, near right one now. best soundtrack, didn't it? Yeah, yes. and it deserved that. Damn straight, it did. I need to play more near. Uh, uh, and and not to not to go back and beat up on Xenoblade, but I I have to do this too. Near's map is just as bad in every way as Xenoblade's. Like that that map, both games, their maps are just like I want to find their map designer and just beat the crap out of them. Like so was I'm, not, better, though. I, I'm not picking on Xenoblade just to pick on Xenoblade. Like Near's map is like oh I have to hover on each one of these quest icons to figure out what quest it is. That sucks. Like that really really sucks, and I'm not even sure how to get to that location, so... Oh, yeah, I remember looking for 20 minutes to find someone for a quest, I was like, I'm standing in the spot, it's telling me, I was like, where is it? Then I looked up, and it's like, oh, there the Yeah, Nier's map is gorgeous, like, I love that 8-bit design, but I'm also like, yeah. this is functional, functionally broken, like, this kind of blows. I... That's a weird game, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, when does that Xenoblade thing drop? The 22nd? I've got yes. a week. Yeah. I've got a week, yeah. I got a week and I'm off school. Let's Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, you got it. I'm just gonna brew myself a big cup of coffee every morning and just near it up. Near I think I'm cl- I'm close to well, the end of A. You know, the only thing that they're doing on Friday is basically making it so that X takes you directly to your map. That's the mini map and the overlay map fixes are not going to happen until next year. That, that's still enough. Oh, wait, to really? What? Yeah. Here, oh, I, no. Let me okay. let me find okay. the article real fast. That's still enough to keep you going. 
Okay, Lend. <laughs> like, is that what's wrong with the skip travel again? You guys have an issue with? When when you hit the map button, it doesn't take you immediately to your location on the the skip. Rob doesn't like pushing a few extra buttons. Kaylin, yeah, yeah. I, don't I don't really, <laughs> I, I don't appreciate it that it's that you're implying it's just me because there are message boards devoted to help. No, I'm not implying system. it's just you, but it's not everyone. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, some people liked Resident Evil Six, but those people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I will play the fifth. I've never played Resident Evil Six. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's enough um, of that, wouldn't you say? Can I go? Yeah, I got game. I got games to play. I got yeah. games to play. Derek needs to go eat some lunch after his yoga ing. So, yep. Yoga fire. Uh, yeah. Every day. Spitting flames. So yeah, let, let us know if you're uh, interested in more of those spoiler discussions. That Kadangan Rampa V3 one was a lot of fun. That that was really really enjoyable. Go back and yeah. listen to that. Uh, yeah. Rob, I feel like you were. A, a, some point soon, I'm just going to make you a Twitter account so that people can at least message <laughs> at you. And then even if I have to be the one who looks at it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be fired from my job three days after I get Twitter. Because I'm just going to like, David Cage is going to say well, something Moderate yourself. <laughs> if it's David Cage, I can't. Okay, okay we have the fair. rule. I mean, actually, you if know I what? That's not fair. I'm going to punch him. Like, you I'm shouldn't just... have to moderate yourself. So I'm sorry I even suggested that. But even so... <laughs> I probably should, though. <laughs> I probably but, but you probably should. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Uh, for Derek, Caitlin, and Nathan, we will see you all later. Pull a rare blade for me in the meantime, would you? But not Dahlia, please. Steam explosion. Topple.